Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive into what uh, God has for us today. So, um, Father, we thank you that uh, your word is so transformative and we just pray that as we open ourselves up today, uh, we, we pray that you uh, would transform us in the areas that we need to be transformed. We pray that we would have open hearts, open ears, open minds to what it is that you want to say, what it is you want to do, and how it is you want to invite us to live differently into this week. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, uh, if, if I haven't met you... My name is Andrew and I'm one of the pastors here and uh, it's great to have you in the service today and also great to have those online today with us. And uh, today I want to talk to you uh, to share a little bit of the journey that I've been on over the last uh, number of months and to talk about something that I think has the potential to really help us uh, live in greater freedom or has the potential to make us really stuck in life. And uh, I wonder whether you've ever heard someone say this phrase, no offence but, and then something else, right? And whenever you hear the words no offence but, you automatically know that whatever is coming out of their mouth next is going to be really offensive, right? (laughs) If you have to preface no offence then you already know that what you're about to say is incredibly offensive. And so someone could say, no offence, but your outfit is awful. (laughs) Or no offence, but you really shouldn't be singing because you don't have a great voice, right? And uh, I remember once we had a family friend over at uh, my family's house for lunch or dinner or something like that. And uh, I was in high school at the time, I was in year 11, year 12, and they asked the the classic question, oh, what do you want to do after you finish school? And um, I was really creative, and I loved uh, performing, I loved doing drama and uh, musicals and stuff like that, and so I said, oh, well, I I want to go and study to be an actor, and I want to get into movies and film, I love film, I love movies. And then they said, no offence, but you don't really look like an actor. To which my internal processing went, are they calling me ugly? <laughs> right? Like, how else are you supposed to take that? No offence, but you don't really look like an actor. And um, all these things, right, people, whether they mean to offend us, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But the thing is, we all get offended, uh, and what I realized recently is I, I've been going through some uh, prayer ministry over a number of weeks, and Kim's been doing prayer ministry with me, which has been awesome. And uh, part of it is just praying through the different areas of your life and allowing God to show you the areas where you're stuck or you need his help and his healing and his transformation. And one of those areas is about the areas that people have uh, hurt you or, or caused you pain. And um, what I realized is that I was the king of being offended, right? 
And I was holding on to all this offense of things that people had said, things that people had done. Maybe they intended to hurt me. Maybe they didn't intend to hurt me. But as a consequence, I felt hurt and I felt offended. You see, the thing is, people can cause us all sorts of offense. But as followers of Jesus, we're called to love people. Even those people that cause us offense. Even those people who we go, you know what? It takes everything within me and also all of God's power for me to love this person. Some people are more difficult to love than others. Some people are more difficult to love today than they were yesterday. And you may find yourself hurt, frustrated, or angry. And so today, I want to talk about dealing with those people. You know those people? When you're talking and you're like, oh, that person, or... Those people, they really just rile me up and they get me angry and frustrated. And So that's what we're going to look at today. And today we're going to talk through how being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. See, it's going to happen. People are going to offend us, whether they intend to or not. But we don't have to live with that offense. And it's a choice. And so here's what I want us to do today, is we're going to look at two parts. The first part is going to look at um, what living offended leads to. And here's the things that living offended leads to. It leads to divided families, divided friendships, and divided churches. Secondly, it distracts us from our mission. And thirdly, it discredits our witness to the world. That's the first part we're going to look at. The second part is going to go, well, okay, I I don't want to live any of those things. So how do I deal with being offended? How do I let go of this offense that I'm feeling? And so here's what we're going to look at in how to deal with offense. We're going to look at, firstly, that we need to deal with it the same day, only speak to build up, let go of our anger and forgive, and ask God to show us where we're stuck. And so we're going to take a look at this in the context of a book of the Bible called Ephesians chapter 4, and it's written um, to followers in a place called Ephesus, followers of Jesus in a place called Ephesus, and it's written by a man named Paul. And the purpose of this is that he's trying to articulate the gospel and, and the mystery of the gospel to encourage the believers to keep going. And so here's the first part from Ephesians 4. It says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The second part says this. To get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And so that's that's the, the kind of the main passage that we're going to be looking at today. And so the first part we're going to look at is the things that living offended leads to. If we choose to live offended, what does it lead to? And um, here's the thing, we're, we're going to be angry, we're going to be frustrated, but there's no win in living offended. 
Life is never better when we live offended, and peace and joy is what we want. And what we realize is that as we live offended, we, we put up this fence around ourselves, right? Uh, uh, offense leads to a fence around us, right? And it means that we live with all these relationships separated, whether it be with God, whether it be with ourselves, whether it be with our loved ones or, or other relationships. Here's the thing. Being offended is inevitable. You are going to be offended at some point by what someone says, by what someone does. But living offended is a choice, and it's going to happen, but we don't have to live offended. We have a choice. And we need to be careful not to hold on to anger, not to nurture offense, not to rehearse or recycle these hurts that we felt. And we need to not give the devil a foothold. See, the Bible refers to Satan or the devil. He's called the accuser, the father of lies, and the prince of darkness. In other words, he's not a guy who's trying to help you live your best life at all. And uh, in, this, in this passage, Ephesians, there's a Greek word that I want to just unpack, and it's topos. It means place, room, or opportunity. And so this passage is saying that if we hold on to offenses, we're giving the devil a place or an opportunity in our heart, and it's room to work against us. So I don't know about you, but I don't want to give the devil any access to my marriage, to my family, to my friends, or to my church. And so what does living offended lead to? Well, I believe the devil uses offense to bring about three results. The first is this. Firstly, that it divides families, it divides friends, and it divides churches. Now, we've seen this over the last few years, right? It is easier than ever to live divided and to live offended. There's political, you know, beliefs that people can be offended about. There's division. There's what you believe about this or this. And uh, maybe some of you have felt it over the last few years, but these things can destroy friendships. Family members stop talking. And there's this story I was reading uh, a few weeks ago, and it was about an actress in uh, the US who uh, celebrated her mum's 60th birthday. That's a nice thing, right? She posts some photos on Instagram saying, happy birthday, mum, I love you, you know, all this nice stuff. And in some of the photos, it, it was a costume party, and in some of the photos, there were some people that were wearing kind of Donald Trump hats that said, make 60 great again, right? Now, not the worst thing that you could wear to a costume party, probably a bit edgy or political, right? And all these people backlashed online on this post and said, how can you talk to your family when they have Republican beliefs, when they're so conservative? You should cut them off. You should have nothing to do with them. And my thought reading that was, is that really where we've got to? That you, you cannot have relationship with anyone who believes anything different to you? Or, you know, cut these toxic people out of your life. Well, my thought is, if I did that, I'd have no one because we're all pretty toxic in different ways, right? <laughs> See, here's the thing. That the devil wants to divide Christians. 
He wants to divide friendships, families, and churches because united, we're unstoppable, but divided, we're weak and ineffective. God wants us to be united. God wants us to be strong and healthy, and the devil wants the opposite. So that's the first result of living offended. The second is that it distracts us from our mission. And, and this is all about getting people mad about anything in culture. Now, I, I don't know if you guys go on Facebook much or if you read the news much, but it seems like every single day someone is offended at something. And I just read all this and I'm like, just get over yourselves. Just like live your life. Live in relationship with people. And um, people often complain about all these different things, all these different situations. But here's the thing. The church is not called to live offended and to live outraged, but we're called to a mission, which is to love people, to serve the poor, serve the vulnerable, to preach the gospel. That's our mission, right? Our mission is not to live offended by everything that the world is doing. And um, a good example of this is you, you may have seen in the news about um, the CEO of Essendon in, in Melbourne who was asked to step down because he was an elder of a church. And the football club said, we, we, we don't want this you know, bigoted belief person in, in this role of authority. And um, I, I know the pastor of the church that um, that, that guy was from, and it's an awesome church awesome pastors, awesome team. And they went, you know what? what? What can we do? And so this guy had a choice whether to step down from the church or to step down from his role as the CEO of the football club. And do you know what he chose? He chose to step down from the football club and to stay in his position at church because for him that was more important. And obviously that sucks, and there's this injustice that rises within us that goes, that's not fair, right? If the shoe was on the other foot. But here's the thing, all of those things, we feel them, but they're not helpful to our mission. They distract us from our mission, which is to love people, to serve the poor, to serve the vulnerable, to preach the gospel. And uh, that's what that church has to do. They have to continue with their mission, right? They're not here to fight in the news and, and, and to share their outrage at the situation. They're here to preach the gospel, to love people, to serve those who are vulnerable. The third thing is that it discredits our witness. Now, the church should be known for what we're for more than what we're against. And unfortunately, sometimes, what people know us for is the stuff that we're offended or outraged about. Now, does that mean that those things don't matter? Does that think, mean that those things don't hurt and we don't feel that and that anger doesn't rise up within us? Of course, all those things matter. But here's the thing is that the devil wants to discredit the witness of the church in modern society. And so we have to just keep rising above it and going, you know what, let's focus on our mission and let's be known for what we're for 
which is loving people. And if we look at the, the, the church throughout history, right? In Roman times, it was known for doing better than the government, for serving and caring for people who were vulnerable better than the government could. And um, that's the kind of church that I want to be a part of, where people go, you know what, these guys, we can't fault them. They, they love people, they serve the vulnerable in the community, and um, they're not easily offended. So that's the first part. How's everyone going with that? Feel free to hold the person next to you if you're feeling a bit unsettled by that. The second part is we're going to look at, okay, maybe we have that offence. That offence is within us. We're feeling that. We're feeling the pain and the emotion of that. Well, how do we deal with it? How do we get out of the fence that we've created for ourselves? So here's the second part, how to deal with the fence. Four points. The first one is to deal with it the same day. The second is only speak to build up. The third is to let go of our anger and forgive. And the fourth is to ask God to show us where we're stuck. And so here's the first part. To deal with it in the same day. And this is what it says in Ephesians 4.26. It says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Now, this is a really hard one to do, but important. But the day you're hurt, the day you're betrayed or offended, you need to reconcile. Now, of course, this is only if it's possible uh, because, you know, it takes two to tango and... If people aren't willing to come to the table, then we just have to do what we can do, right? But uh, this is something that Christy and I practice in our marriage, is that we don't go to bed angry. Now, that's sometimes easier than other times. Sometimes it means that we go to bed very, very late. (laughs) And we get up in the morning and we're like, oh man, I'm exhausted. Why did we do that? But the thing is that we want to deal with it straight away. We want to, we want to apologize. We want to process that. We, we don't want to give the devil a foothold to be able to bring division or resentment against each other. See, we need to always make sure that we're trying to resolve things instantly. It, it's kind of like mold in your house, right? It's easier to deal with a problem when it's small than when it's spread throughout your entire bedroom, right? And then you have to move out for three months while the mold's getting dealt with. See, imagine how different your friendships, your marriages, your families would be if on the same day you said, I'm so sorry, I was wrong, will you forgive me? And then we let it go. That's the first thing, to deal with it on the same day. The second thing is to only speak to build up And in Ephesians 4.29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So it's saying, don't let any unwholesome talk, any belittling, any bad-mouthing, any criticizing, only what's helpful to building up. Now, I don't know about you, but that's really hard to do in the heat of the moment when you're feeling pain, when you're feeling frustrated. Sometimes it's easier to just go, oh, that person, they're such an idiot. 
And I don't know about you, but whenever those words come out of my mouth, afterwards I feel awful. I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. That was so dumb. So why does the Bible tell us to not let any unwholesome talk, any belittling, any bad-mouthing, any criticizing come out of our mouth? Well, it's because it solidifies our hurt and anger and we hold on to that offense. It makes that offense go deeper. It doesn't help us let go and move on, but it keeps us stuck. So don't let any unwholesome talk, only what's helpful for building up. Now, it's tempting to defend our anger, to go, they hurt me, they're a horrible person. But that that doesn't help us. It just causes us to feel more stuck. So that's the second thing. Only speak to build up. And it's one of those things, if, if you can't, in that moment, feel any desire to build them up, just practice what all of our mums taught us. If you can't say anything nice, don't say it at all, right? That's the second thing. The third thing is to let go of our anger and forgive. And Ephesians 4 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. See, this verse doesn't say, be arrogant about your moral superiority. It doesn't say, be critical of everyone who thinks differently from you. It doesn't say, be harsh because you're dealing with idiots. It says, be kind, compassionate, forgiving. See, here's the thing. If we don't choose to forgive, we hold on to that offense and it keeps wreaking havoc in our life. And I've, I've experienced plenty of this, right? I, I hold on to this stuff and it just keeps coming out and it keeps wreaking havoc, not only in that relationship, but in other relationships. And um, I know for myself, that's not how I want to live. And I'm sure that that's not how you want to live either. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing is to ask God to show us where we're stuck. And I, I want to read from Psalm 139. It says this. It says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, this is a really helpful prayer, a helpful way to ask God, where am I? Because sometimes we can't notice things because we're, we're too immersed in them. We're feeling that pain too strongly, too freshly. It's kind of like... If, if you've ever seen a video of a bull when it sees red, right, and it starts charging, we, we can't see anything else apart from that pain, that offense. And it's, it's hard to know where we are and where we're stuck. And sometimes those things go down so deep that it takes a while to figure that out as well. So in this prayer, it's asking God, where am I? Am I arrogant? Am I judgmental? Am I deceiving myself? 
Am I harboring anger towards someone? Am I carrying offense? God, would you help me to get rid of this anger? Now, here's the thing, right? Sometimes we just need God to show us the areas where we're stuck. And that's okay. The Bible doesn't say, know everything that's happening internally for you. Know all the areas that you're stuck. Because it's actually in those moments where we feel stuck that we go, you know what? This is so obvious. I cannot do anything about this. I need God's power and God's spirit to help bring breakthrough and transformation in this area for me. So, how are we going with all that? Are you still holding the person next to you? So every minute you're angry, you lose a minute of joy. Every minute you're offended, you lose a minute of peace. Every minute that you're feeling this hurt and this pain, you lose a minute of love. It makes a difference. It makes a difference in our life. See, being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. And we have a choice whether we want to stay offended or not. We have a choice whether we want to hold on to this stuff or whether we want to move forwards. I can't make that choice for you. You can't make that choice for me. It's a choice that we have to make. Be kind and compassionate with one another, forgiving as Christ forgave us. So today, what we've looked at is that living offended leads to these things. It leads to divided families, divided friendships, divided churches. It distracts us from our mission and it discredits our witness. But we've also looked at how we can deal with that offense. That we're to deal with it the same day. We're only to speak to build up. We're to let go of our anger and forgive and we're to ask God to show us where we're stuck. And so, I don't know where you're at with all of that. But Jesus' heart for you is that you would find greater freedom from this stuff. Jesus doesn't want you to stay stuck. He loves you where you're at, but he loves you too much to leave you where you're at. And so, the first step of finding freedom is choosing to follow Jesus. And so I want to give you that opportunity if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, but also if you go, you know what, I'm stuck, I need Jesus to come again. I'm going to invite you to pray a simple prayer that goes like this. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for choosing to live my own way. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. Well, friends, I want to encourage you, if you prayed that, come and let me know after. Come down for prayer after. Come let someone know, because dealing with this stuff isn't supposed to be a solo adventure. It's not something that we're meant to just... You know, sit at home and 
clench our fists and try to work it out all on our own. But sometimes we need that, that support network, those other people who can actually point out the areas that we're stuck, who can actually help us to process and feel the things that we're feeling and to help us to let them go. And so we want to help you to do that. We want to support you as you do that. We want to pray for you as you do that. And we want to believe all the amazing things that God's going to do in your life as you go through that process as well. So now for all of us, what I want us to do is I want us to take some time to pray through Psalm 139, through this part. And I want us to take 30 seconds to pray and to think through this. I want us to ask God to show you where you're holding offense towards someone and I want you to take the opportunity to pray and to forgive that person. So take 30 seconds to do that and then we're going to come towards the end of our service. Now, as, as we come towards the end, I realise and I recognise that 30 seconds to deal with some of this stuff is like a, a splash in the pond. And uh, sometimes it takes a lot of time to deal with some of this stuff. But hopefully it's giving you some awareness of some of the areas where maybe you, you need to forgive people, where you're holding on to this offence. And so I encourage you to spend time throughout the week. Come back to this psalm if you want. Read through it. Pray through it. Ask God to show you the areas where you're stuck. Friends, imagine if we all did this. Imagine if we were a church where we're hard to offend. Where we forgive the same day and where we live in greater freedom and pursue joy and love in all of our relationships. I don't know about you, but that seems like a much easier way to go through life. It seems like a much more hopeful way to go through life. And that's the kind of relationships I want to have and the kind of church I want to be a part of as well. So um, I'm, I'm going to pray and I'm, I'm going to invite uh, the band to come up. And uh, we, we have communion down here. And uh, Nikki's going to come and share an encouragement and lead us in communion. And I just encourage you, communion is a great opportunity to remember how Christ has forgiven us 
so that we can forgive others. So Father, we pray as we go into this week, as we feel those emotions, that anger, the hurt, the frustration, the offense, we pray that you would help us to recognize that and to let it go, to forgive that same day so that we can live with a greater sense of freedom in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families, and in our church. We thank you in advance for all the transformation, all the breakthrough, all the healing that you're going to do in this coming week in advance. And Lord, we give ourselves to you to do what only you can do. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, Nikki. Come and lead us. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.